and uh, Blaise, a fantastic minister, doing the work, started the work, planted the churches, growing. They have their own place building right now. They are renovating the place, and they, they bought the building. And uh, so it was a miracle how God provided the money. God is at work in your life. Would you help me welcome Pastor Blaise to come and share with us this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Well, this is my beautiful wife, Esther. Um, of course, she was here. We got married here in Houston, and uh, Pastor Goodluck wedded us uh, here in Houston, 2008. It's amazing how time has gone by. Uh, it's a privilege to be back here this morning to share the word of the Lord with you. Amen. And I'm glad to see Pastor Andy and Miss Irina still out there, Miss Teresa, of course, in the soundboard. It's good to see all of you here this morning. And I, I am just so grateful and uh, ready to go. Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? I'm going to be sharing with you very briefly uh, on a topic that I uh, titled, Get Out of Park. Get Out of Park. And you would understand the title because of my accent. You will understand the title a little bit when I explain it to you. Praise God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. Thank you for the work you're doing in our lives. Thank you for the things you've called us to. We thank you for your word. Your word does not return to you void. We ask this morning that God, you will speak to us. Father, running over the thresholds of our heart, reach to the innermost part of our being. Touch us, O God, that when we leave this place, we will be like the disciples on the way to Emmaus, who say, surely the Lord has been with us. God, we give you the praise, we give you the glory and the honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you turn your Bibles with me to the book of Acts chapter 6? Acts chapter 6. As you're turning to the book of Acts chapter 6, let me say this little joke that I, I read somewhere and it was really funny. Um, three pastors met and they were talking, they were kind of confessing to one another. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 5, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be saved. So three pastors met, they were talking to one another. And the first, the first pastor said, well, you know, brothers, I have um, a problem. And my problem is with money. So um, I usually put my hands in the offering bucket and, you know, take, take some money out of it. Please, would you pray for me? So they said, well, we'll pray for you. So the second pastor said, well, brothers, I have a problem. And my problem is with women. And some of the ladies, you know, that I see, my eyes are always going back and forth. Would you please pray for me? They said, yes, we'll pray for you. And the third pastor said, brothers, I have a problem. My problem is with my mouth. Whatever I hear, I must say it out there. Would you please pray for me because I'm going to tell this one that you just told me out there. <laughs> and the pastors were just freaking out because they knew the word was going to get out there. Just a joke. I read it somewhere and it was really funny and I wanted to share it here this morning. Um, but now in the book of Acts chapter 6, the Bible says, Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayers and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, 
Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, uh, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Praise God. So, you know, we have vehicles, and uh, most people here own vehicles that we drive. And sometimes the tendency is we have vehicles that we use for everyday things, then we have the vehicles that we use for occasions. So the vehicles we use for occasions are what we call premium vehicles. So we buy them, we put them in the garage. But the vehicles are not meant to sit in the garage. They are meant to be driven. You know, some vehicles have their, 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 their thing, they call it the ultimate driving machine. And the way you can see the vehicle perform is when you put it on the road and actually drive it. So we have this tendency to have premium cars that we keep in the garage that are meant to be actually driven. And they are good, they are best when they are on the road. Praise God. Then we have the other regular vehicles that we use, you know, for every day. We don't want to put mileage on it. And to me, that is kind of counterintuitive for me, at least not for a lot of people. If I own a vehicle, I'm going to put the mileage on it. That's what it's meant for, right? To drive it. Praise God. I'm busting some bubbles now, and I know, and I'm saying some things that... But anyway, the thing is, sometimes we carry that same mentality, and we come with it into church. We think some people are reserved for a specific time. So my message to you this morning is get out of park. Get into drive and start working for the Lord. Amen. Get out of park. Stop being in park. You were not meant to be in park. God created you for a reason. There's a reason why you exist. There's a reason why you are met the way you are met. There's a reason why you look the way you look. There's a reason why you sound the way you sound. God wants to use you for a specific reason. He wants to use you in a way that He cannot use me. You know, there are some things in this church that only you can do. You know that? There are things in this church that when you do it, nobody can do it like you do. Praise God. Amen. So, the Bible says, Now in the church... In those days, as the number of the disciples were multiplying, there arose a complaint. I have seen that to be a peculiar issue that happens with growth. Whenever there is increase, there are people who feel like they are being shifted. The Bible says that there arose a complaint. So it is not new. The complaints were there all the time. There arose a complaint by the Hellenists against the Hebrews because they felt neglected. This is a word that the Lord gave me. A couple of years ago, and I've preached it in, in, in multiple churches, but I haven't had the chance to preach it in my church. And when I, I, I knew I was going to be speaking, I was praying uh, about what to speak, and the Lord told me, go back to this message. And He's released me now to be able to preach it in our church. And when I go back this year, I'm going to be delving with this word in our church. So there's a lot of people who are in park. They're sitting in the garage. But yet they expect the Lord, the Lord to do great things. They're sitting in the garage. They are not making their presence felt. They are not making people know they are actually there. They are sitting in the garage. You were not meant to see. You were meant to go out there and see the glory of the Lord revealed in you. The power of God only gets manifest when we actually go out and put our hands to work and get our hands dirty. Then all of a sudden God invades the earth and we become vessels of honor for Him. Praise God. So the Bible says, the disciples said, the, the apostles said, well, it is not important, it is not necessary for us to give ourselves to ministering to tables, for us to be serving tables. That's in verse 3. 
So he told the people, therefore, seek among yourselves seven men full of wisdom and faith who we may appoint over this matter. And that's where I want to focus this morning. So the Bible says, therefore, uh, the, pleasing, the, the words please the people, the multitude and the whole multitude were, pl- uh, were pleased, verse 5. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip and you know, the rest of the people, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed for them, they laid hands on them. Verse 7 says, then the word of the Lord increased. Now let me ask you a question, because I like to think through the word of God. Amen. So, they chose these guys to serve tables, right? They chose them to, to, to come in and solve the problem so that people always have food. But verse 7 says, then the word of the Lord increased. They were serving tables. Then the word of the Lord increased. Sometimes you will find out that you will discover your purpose while you are doing what people call the dirty work. That's when you see God begins to do great and mighty things, even in the midst of the dirty work or in the midst of things that seems um, not important. God begins to move right there. Stephen began to do the work of the Lord. He began to, to, to minister to the people. He began to reach out to them, began to give them food. But verse 7 says, Then the word of the Lord mightily increased in that place. Then the, the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. Praise God. Multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Maybe the reason for multiplication, the, the reason why multiplication seems to be delaying is because some people haven't gotten into their place yet. When you get into your place, the word of God will multiply greatly and the number of the disciples will increase greatly. Let me say this. I have learned and I'm beginning to learn this. Whenever I see trouble in the house of the Lord, I see a great opportunity for people to rise up and step up and become great vessels of honor. Whenever you see confusion in any place, it is not a sign that things are going bad. It is a sign that some people are not doing some things. And if they will just rise up, God is going to use them like never before. And He's going to do His work in that place like never before. Praise God. So when I see those things, I rejoice. Because I know God is about to do something in this place. When I see that thing, I rejoice because I know some people, some Stephens are coming out of their shelves. Some Philips are coming out of their shelves, praise God. So people like Stephen were one of the people that were chosen to serve tables. Now, does it occur to you that some of the twelve apostles who gave themselves continually to the word and to the ministry of, to, to, to prayers and to the ministry of the word, does it occur to you that some of their, their names are not known as much? People like Matthias and other people, you don't hear again about them in the Bible. But people like Stephen, who were chosen to serve tables, you see a record of them, you know, being mentioned in the Bible. You go to Acts chapter 8, you see guys like Philip, who was chosen to serve tables, and you see Philip doing wonderful miracles in Samaria. But yet he was chosen to serve tables. I'm challenging someone in this place this morning. If it is tables that you can serve, serve it like never before. Whatever you find your hands to do, do it like unto the Lord and you will see what God will do with your life. Praise God. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 10 verse number 34 that God is no respecter of person. But in every nation, he who works righteousness and fear him is acceptable with him. So in other words, your profile is not unique. Your profile is not such that you don't, you don't factor into the plan of God. No, your profile is unique such that you, you factor actually into the plan of God perfectly. 
Because there are some people that I can preach as much as I can do. They may not hear me unless you speak to them. I've come to find that out in our church. I spent over a year talking on a certain topic. And there are people who sat there and they're just looking at me like this. Then one day this guy just came in and is sharing something. And they're like, oh. Like, like, they just, it's just like a light bulb went off. Then they came to me like, Pastor, I never saw this. I said, I've been talking about this for one year now. <laughs> you hear me, somebody? So get out of park. Get into drive. Start doing what you were called for. Start doing what you were created for. The Bible says in verse 8 of Acts chapter 6, it says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. And Stephen, full of what? Of faith and power, did great signs and wonders among the people. Wow. I thought this guy was chosen to serve tables. Yet he was full of faith and power. And signs and wonders began to follow his service of tables. He did great signs and wonders among the people. That is amazing. If you go with me real quick to the book of Luke chapter 4. Let's look at the man called Jesus. Our Lord and Savior. He had an attitude. He had a manner. He had a way of behaving. Jesus grew up in a religious era. The people in the church where Jesus attended were not all born again. In fact, the ministers of that church were not sensitive to the move of the Holy Ghost. They were not sensitive to the move of the Spirit. You know, Jesus' pastors or ministers in those days, if we call it, if you permit me to call it, if I'm not preaching heresy here, Jesus' pastors and ministers were not people who were quote-unquote hearing the voice of God. They were out of touch with reality. Yet Jesus never shunned the church any single day. There are some people who want to do bedside fellowship in their homes because they think the people who are in leadership don't understand God. And I say it's an error. Jesus never did like that. Luke chapter 4, beginning from verse number 14. The Bible says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. That's after he fasted and prayed for 40 days and 40 nights. And he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding regions. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Verse 16. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. I I want you to pay attention to that word. It says, and as his custom was. Jesus had a custom of going to church, to the synagogue. And the people in that synagogue who were in leadership were actually the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those guys who were not even in touch with what God was doing in that time. But the Bible says, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue and stood up to read. Now, the simple version or 
2014 English translation will say, or 2014 Blaze translation will say this. Jesus went to the church, or to Act Fellowship, or to whatever church it is. He went there, and the pastor said, well, brother Jesus, we want you to help us read the Bible today. Is that making that up? No, let's look at verse 17. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. He was handed the book. He was given the book. In other words, it wasn't his own. He wasn't the one in charge. He was given the book. He said, Brother Jesus, would you help us read this? And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found a place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this very day, Scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Praise God. There is a scripture that is written about you. God has a plan for your life. There's, you are part of God's big plan for humanity. You are part of God's big plan for the Act Fellowship. You are part of God's big plan for Houston. You are part of God's big plan for Cyprus. You are part of God's big plan for this generation. And if you will serve God in your time, today's scripture will be fulfilled concerning you in the hearing and in the eyes of several people. Praise God. When I found out God called me, I didn't really bother so much what people had to say. I just stepped out and, you know, just stepped out and began to do. I wasn't doing it because I had everything in place. I wasn't doing it because I figured everything out better. No. I just stepped out and began to say, God, if you can use anything here, I might use me. I used to drive a bus for the church where I was at. I would clean the restroom. I just like, God, whatever you want me to do, just do it. I came to, to Bible school when I was 23 years old. You can figure that out. You add several years to it and you can figure out how old I am. I just turned 30, actually. And I look a little younger. And a, little, a little older, a little younger. Some people have told me, well, you don't look 30. Some people say, well, you look 30. But I just turned 30. And amazingly, I find out, I just ask myself a question. Why is it that I, I seem to be privileged to be in certain things? But I also find out that when I discovered God had called me, I wasn't wasting time sitting and waiting for, you know, occasions. You know, you remember the cars that we have for occasions, certain occasions, when it's a day to suit up and everything, we now get the regular car, keep it aside, and get the one out of park and put fuel mileage on it and begin to drive it. No, I just made myself go, whatever I want to do, I'm available. Just do it with me. I'm not for occasions. I'm not for special occasions. I'm not an occasional Christian. I'm an everyday Christian. You want to put mileage on me, put me. I am ready. Hit the highway with me. Hit the driveways with me. Hit any place you want to hit with me. I'm ready to go with you, God. And amazingly, He's been doing that faithfully. Praise God. He's been doing that. So the Bible says, as Jesus' manner was, He went to that place and He told them, Today, by the way, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And then they picked up stone. They wanted to start killing the guy at that moment after he said that. If you read that whole scripture, the book of Acts chapter 4, after he said that's why I said he was not a member. He was not the one in charge of that church because when he said it, some people got annoyed and they took him, they drove him out of the city and they wanted to throw him out of the cliff. But he was doing the work of God. He set himself ablaze that day. 
He got himself loose. He got out of park. He said, you have seen me too long. You have known me as a carpenter's son for too long. Now it's time for me to step out and become Jesus. The Bible says he went around doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil for God was with him. When we started church, God spoke to my heart. He said, if you want to do church the way I do church, you've got to go back to the book of Acts and see how it was in the book of Acts because the church in the book of Acts was the first church that ever existed. So for over one year, we studied the book of Acts every Wednesday service, consistently for over one year. And I can assure you, for one year, we did not go past Acts chapter 10. And I look at the, ch- the church in the book of Acts, and I look at the church right now, and I look at our church, and I look at every other church, and I say, something is not adding up. And there's something that is not adding up. It's not that God has changed, because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in every generation, He does the same things. He's the same God. His power is still relevant. What has changed has been maybe our cultures, maybe our mentality about church has changed. Maybe our attitude towards God has changed. And if we just set ourselves back with God and go back to the foundation and go back to the basics and say, God, whatever you want to do, I'm ready. Just do it with me. Then we start seeing what we saw in the book of Acts chapter 10. We start seeing the things that we saw in the book of Acts. It starts happening back again in our time. Praise God. The Bible says the number of the disciples greatly multiplied. There was no room again for them. Philip, who was chosen to serve tables, in the book of Acts chapter 8, it was said that he went down to Samaria, and the whole city of Samaria was won by him. Yet, serving tables seemed like something that was unimportant. He didn't care so much if they called him to serve tables, or if they called him an apostle, or they called him, you know, the servant boy. All he just wanted was, whatever you want me to do, Lord, I will do that we would develop that attitude again in our time. Young people, you are not too young. I got saved when I was, I think, about 17. So I grew up Catholic. And I went to church every day. It wasn't, are you going to church? It was, when are we going to church? My mama ensured that we went to church every day, Monday through Sunday. It is foreign to some people. We went to church every day. Saturday we were in church. Sunday we were in church. My siblings, if you go to, when they grow up a little bit, they start going to nightclub. You come back from nightclub at 4 a.m. At 5 a.m., you are up, and we are walking the two-mile distance to church. It wasn't, are you going? It's, get up and let's go. And thank God for that indoctrination. It instilled me some discipline for God. And so I thank God for my heritage, for my background. But when I got saved, things kind of turned. I, I, I now understood what I was doing. And I understood some things. I began to understand from the Word, word of God. The Word of God just threw enlightenment to me. Then when I came into the, the, the midst of believers, people who actually believe Scripture, I actually found out that the Catholics whom we kind of talk about, that they, they are not enlightened like us, they actually have more discipline. They go to church. They are ready to go to church. They have piety. That whatever you want them to do, they are ready to do. Then us who know the word of God, we hold it, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, God is good. And we do nothing with it. And we wonder why God is not moving. Maybe when we move, God will start moving because we carry him in us. Maybe when our hands reach out, then the hands of God will reach out. At the ter- table of service... Miracles begin to occur because there we become an extension of the kingdom of God. We become an extension of the hands of God. Reaching humanity. 
And let me tell you something. Dear to your needs are met. Turn with me to the last scripture that I have to share this morning. Exodus chapter 23. Verse 25. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's still doing the same thing. His eyes are still looking to and fro upon the face of the earth. Even right here in this congregation, right here in this city, right here in this generation. To see those whose minds are set to him. I'll begin reading from verse number 20, Exodus chapter 23 from verse 20. It says, but behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. This is referring to the angel of the presence of the Lord, but it's also referring that the same word angel from which angels is translated is the same word from which pastors, shepherds are, they come from the same place. They say, behold, I've sent somebody to keep you, to guide you, to take you to the place that I've prepared for you. That's Exodus chapter 23 verse 20. To bring you into the place that I've prepared for you. Verse 21. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. Verse 22. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you to the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and all the other sites, the parasites. <laughs> I like to stop there. The parasites. You know, parasites are simply things that come to bug you, come to kind of sap the energy out of you. He says, I'll be an enemy to all the parasites, to all the other sites in your life. All those things that come to pressure, sickness, cancer, disease, poverty, lack and want, you can call them all the other sites. I'll be an adversary to them, I'll be an enemy to them. If you just do my way and just follow me. And I will cut them off. Amen. So I will cut them off from your life completely. When you just follow my word, I will cut them off. Verse 24 and you shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. Verse 25 is where I want to focus on. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take away sickness away from the midst of you, and no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. Praise God. The praise God. Oh, this kind of places make me want to shout. Because I see a promise that I can cling to. When I set myself to serving the tables, God says, and when I serve Him, He will bless my bread. In other words, everything that comes to my mouth is blessed. And He will bless my water. Everything that I, I, I ingest is blessed. And He will take away sickness from me. It's a promise. I don't have to beg Him. I don't have to cry to Him and say, Oh God, heal me. No. It's a promise that when I serve Him, He's going to heal me. He will take away sickness from my means. My life will be fruitful. Praise God. 
the benefits of serving God. My life will become fruitful. I'll be like a fruitful field. I, there is no barrenness about me. Everything my hands find to do prospers because God is my God. Praise God. When we step out to serve Him, the benefits of serving Him. He just begins to cause His blessings to come as a byproduct of our service to Him. We don't worry a lot about enemies or parasites or other sides because He takes care of them. He cuts them off completely from our lives. Whatever bothers you begins to bother God. Whatever concerns you begins to concern Him. Whatever it is that tries to hinder you, it becomes a hindrance to Him. Now let me say this. Do you know God cannot allow something to hinder you if you are actually serving Him? If I wasn't feeling well this morning, you know, I couldn't preach to you, right? So God, for me to be able to stand here and share the word of the Lord, the Lord has to ensure that I am sound enough, fit enough to be able to stand here to share His word. Now imagine if I was the only one sharing His word, God will ensure that whatever comes against me, He takes it off because if I don't speak, the people don't hear Him. Now imagine if you were the only one serving certain people, God has to ensure that whatever it is that is coming against you, He has to take care of it because if you don't show up, the people don't hear Him, they don't see Him. Praise God. He begins to take away sickness from your midst. You just think about it, you just think about it, and it happens. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians 3, 20, it says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that, you, all that, above all that we can ever ask or think, according to the power that is at work in, in us. Unto him who is able to do, this doesn't sound English right. It doesn't sound correct. Exceedingly, abundantly, above. It's not English. It's not good English. It's only Bible English. It's God English. God is saying that you cannot measure it exceedingly, abundantly above. Because that is the same word, amplifying. It's an amplifier. Above what you can ask. Even if you don't ask, he said, just think about it. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above it. According to that power that is at work in you. Oh, praise God. So I'm excited every day I find myself, I find the opportunity to serve God. It's a, a moment for me to be excited. Because I know this, God is taking care of my business. When I take care of his business, he takes care of my business. Everything that concerns me concerns him. It says none shall be barren in the midst of you. It's not just talking about having children. It's talking about being productive. Being productive. A productive member of the community. Lacking things, none shall be barren in the midst of you. None shall cast her young before her time, or none shall have a miscarriage. It's a promise to us. He's going to make it come to pass. Is that why you pray about it? No, there are other things to pray about. This one is a promise. It's promise you, if you just do this, I'll take care of this. None shall be barren in the midst of you. None will be sick. I will take away sickness from the midst of you. In other words, when sickness comes, I will take it away if it comes. Praise God. When my wife and I step out to obey God, we didn't have a lot of resources. We didn't have anything, actually. Thank God for the Act Fellowship that they supported us when we started. We went and got rented space and everything. We, we stepped out. When we started church, we were two, me and her. And you know, she had no place to go because I was the driver of the car. So when I drive on my park, I said, this is the place where we go there. So she couldn't go, you know, some places. So we just entered and, you know, sometimes she'll be there by herself. And I'll preach the same way like this. 
Then the third member joined, and the fourth joined, and the fifth joined. And today we are averaging about 50 in our congregation. You know, we just celebrated four years last week. And God is good. But we didn't have all the resources in place. We just stepped out to do what we felt that God wanted us to do. And I was in college. I was in college. I didn't qualify for financial aid or student loans or anything. I didn't qualify for any of those things. And I went to a Roberts University, a private school, for that matter. But God ensured my tuition was paid every time I needed it. Every time. We were paying out of pocket. We were, pay- we were taking care of a lot of things. We, our income was nothing, was not 1% of what we were doing. And the income of the church, after Tide and Offering has come in for everything, the whole month, our expenses was about $3,000 when we started. Tide and Offering for the whole month was about $500. You ask me how we did it, we don't know. But God ensured that everything was always paid at the end of the day. Our landlord at one time, God so, you know, God grants you favor. The Bible says when the way of a person pleases God, he makes even his enemies dwell at peace with him. We went one day to our, to our landlord and we were asking for another space we needed for the children's department. And we are just doing this negotiation. They said, well, your, your amount is going to increase by this. I said, well, we don't have that money, but we need the space. He said, well, what kind of people are you? We need this space for you to get it. It's about 700 square foot. For you to get that additional space, you need to pay this so, so amount. I said, we don't have that money, but we need the space. He got annoyed. He said, okay, take it. He just signed the place. He said, take it. <laughs> you know, go do. You see, but he granted me favor. I said, thank you, sir. And I went my way. When our rent was going to increase, they looked at us and said, you know, you guys have been faithful paying rents to us. In all the spaces that we have, you guys have kept up. And you've taken good, play, good care of the place. We're just going to make sure that we don't increase your rent. And that was it. And God has been faithful every step of the way. And has been showing himself strong and mighty on our behalf. Now, let me say this. Our situation is not unique. We just stepped out to do what we felt that God had called us to do. And he just stepped up and backed his word in our lives. It can be said the same of you. The same God has not changed. It's the same God that was in the book of Acts. It's the same God that is today in this place, in the Acts Fellowship. It's the same God that is all over the world and is looking for people that will get out of park and let him just drive them. Let him use them on the highway. Use them in the potholes. Use them every place. People who are not, they are not scared enough to go any place with God. Praise God. Will you rise to your feet this morning as I come to the end of this message? It says, none in the church that was in Antioch, none in the church, that's in the book of Acts chapter 6. Again, and you don't have to put that up. It says, as the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint by the Hellenists against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected. I don't know what your perception is. I don't wait for complaints to come before I start doing something. But some people just need things to happen before they move. If you're here this morning and you say, you know, I just want to be available to God. It's a prayer I pray. I'm a pastor and I do that. But I still say, God, whatever you want to do with me, just do it. I'm open to you. I'm available to you. And that's a simple prayer I want us to pray together here this morning. Do you mind? Okay, well, we'll just go ahead and pray that prayer this morning. Then you see what God will start doing in your life. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, 
and all these other things shall be added to you. They are additions. I don't seek after additions. I seek his kingdom and additions come automatically. His word is true. His word is faithful. Would you just bow your head this morning? And let's ask the Lord this morning, God, I'm available to you. I'm open to you. You may be a Stephen in this place. Your name is not Stephen, but you may be a Stephen. You may be a Philip. You may be one of the people that is chosen to serve tables. What you do may not be apostolic in nature. You may not have any preaching time. You may not have the opportunity to do the things that seems glorious in the front. Where everybody sees you and applauds you. But I want to say this to you. That you value in the divine plan of God. Your life counts for what God has ordained it for. He says, I know the thoughts I think towards you. They are thoughts of good, not of evil. To give you a hope and a future. To bring you to an expected end. I ordained you. You are not too young. You are not too old. He has a plan for your life. I just want you to ask him this morning, God, whatever it is you want to do with me, I'm ready to get out of park. I'm ready to be driven. Use me the way you see fit, God. Father, thank you this morning because you are good and you are faithful. Thank you, Father, because you are not a respecter of person. You don't look at us. And see that we have it all together. You didn't pick out Stephen because he was perfect. In fact, you didn't pick out Philip because he was perfect. Philip was running away from persecution. But even while in Samaria, he made himself available to you and you used him mightily. Father, in this congregation right now, there are people in this place who feel inadequate. They feel that they are not well equipped. But God, you made them unique. I pray that you touch their hearts. Touch their minds. Father, there are those who are being pressed on every corner by the parasites and all the tides. Father, I pray that you cut them off. And take care of those situations. In the name of Jesus. Every sick body in this place. I speak healing to your body. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every stagnation. There is somewhere here you feel like your life has been in a circle. You are stagnant. You feel like nothing is happening. God said, I'm going to make things start happening in your life. And when I make it start happening, I want you to start doing things for me. I speak to that spirit of stagnation. I command you to be gone right now. By the power that is in the name of Jesus. Every obstacle on your way. I speak to it. Every barrenness and unfruitfulness in your life. I speak an end to it right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, every heart that is open here to you this morning, we ask that God, you take full control of it. Speak to your children. Speak to your daughters. Speak to your son. Lord, let them hear you the way only them will understand. And Father, as they set their hands to the plow, I pray, O oh God, that you will confirm your word in their lives with signs and wonders following. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, let the affairs of their lives, their businesses, prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. Because you are God and they have dedicated themselves to serving you. Lord, you will make a difference. You will make a distinction between them and others who don't serve you. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. I hear this word in my spirit. I don't know who you are in this place, but you are worried about your children. You say, well, you know, my children are not in, 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 in sync with God. They are not, you know, doing some things. And it just, it just causes you to be worried. Are you here? Is there any person here you're worried about your kids? About your kids? Anyone? Okay, thank you. Thank you. See the hands lifted up. God has your kids in mind. And is going to arrest them. So we're just going to speak right now, wherever they are, that God will arrest them. And God will give them no peace. Because you are serving God. Let me say this to you. I, I pray a prayer. I cannot be a preacher and be preaching to other people to go to heaven and my own family is going to hell. No, it can't happen. So I said, God, as I set myself to do your work where I am, you're going to send laborers across the path of my siblings, across the path of my loved ones. So I'm going to speak to you right now, parents, and I'm going to pray for your kids. Wherever they are, God will send laborers across their path. People that will speak to them and they will listen. And they'll be arrested by the Spirit of God. The same way God knocked off Paul from his high horse and arrested him, your children are going to be get arrested. And you get good phone calls in the name of Jesus. Father, I speak to those parents right now that you see their hands lifted up. And God, you know them. You know where their children are. Father, you, there is nothing too hard for you to do. Lord, you are able to deliver. You are able to set free. You are able to set loose. God, I speak to those children wherever they are, God, that you release your spirit and your angels upon them. That they will be arrested wherever they are. And God, their hearts will be turned to you, O oh God. And their hearts will be turned and restored to their parents in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak restoration into family units and family circles in this place in the name of Jesus Christ. God, you are faithful and we believe you for miracles. We give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Would you put your wonderful hands together for the Lord and just say praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for the time you've allowed me to be able to speak here. Thank you, Pastor. Amen.